Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir. With uh, our reoccurring guest, we have the one and only writer for Verdict MMA, Denver Broncos writer for Predominantly Orange, the number one uh, Jerry Judy super fan and the world. We have the one and only Jordan Lopez back on the show today. Hey, man, it's great to have you back on. Uh, Broncos draft wrapped up a few days ago. Uh, we look past that, you know, more towards uh, OTAs and training camp to see all these position battles that we're super excited for. Uh, obviously from you know the title lap so the broncos go ahead and pick up your guy jerry judy's fifth year option um we had you on our last episode and i was the one that said i felt like we weren't going to pick up his option so i will t- i will uh, i will take the blame there for everybody but um jordan we pick up jerry judy's fifth year option he's scheduled to make 12.98 million in 2024 he finally gives his well-deserved payday how are we feeling after this news I mean, it, it caught me off guard. I thought it was going to take until Tuesday for a decision to be made. I'm glad it came earlier, just one day earlier. And, uh, man, it, it just it was a, like a sigh of relief, not only yeah. for me, but I think for the rest of Broncos country. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was our best offensive player last year. I think it was a no-brainer to pick up his option. Um, I think he's going to be even better with Sean Payton and his offense and uh, – Man, I, I, I'm just so happy that he finally, you know, after all the things he's been through in Denver with the multiple coaching changes and quarterbacks and all that, you know, he's finally getting paid. And I know he's going to have a breakout year. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, I'm very excited. And you talked about a sigh of relief. I mean, you talk about someone that's going to be under contract for the next two years rather than this last year going to be like that contract year where he has to really prove himself. And I know he's going to prove himself this year regardless and mold into that top 10-esque receiver uh, for the Broncos in the NFL. I'm really excited to see it. Broncos country should be excited. I still see some people out there, and Jordan, you know, uh, on Twitter, people just calling him soft, saying that the Broncos should have traded him. I'm seeing it on my Instagram. I don't know why there's still people out there the dude what else does he have to do i mean he literally had over like 600 yards in that second half of the season it was like a top five wide receiver to end off this yeah. to cap off the season i mean statistically that nothing uh, goes against that so i'm really excited to see jerry judy back um you know for another two years under contract uh and then uh, going off of that, a lot of people, um, you know, after the Broncos selected Marvin Mims Jr., some people are still throwing out the idea that the Broncos can move Cortland Sutton or another receiver before the the beginning of the season. Um, I'm more on board. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there's a sliver of a chance that it could happen. Where Where's your mind uh, with this? Do you think it's going to happen or not? So for me, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and me personally, I don't want it to happen. I yeah. think we should keep this core together at least for one more year. Exactly. I mean, like, it's not only Judy. Like, Sutton has been through a lot here in Denver, and so has TP. I mean, yeah. through going with Pat Shermer and Hackett and a whole bunch of play callers and all the mess that's happened, having Kendall Hinton as a quarterback one time and, you know, going with Brett Rippin and Jeff Driscoll at times. I mean, let them finally have some continuity. Second year with Russ, I think he's going to be much better, especially that our offensive line is going to be better. Sean Payne is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Let's see how they do just one more year. I think they're all going to be healthy. I think no freak accident is going to happen this time. I think our ownership has done a really good job at looking into the details on that and, you know, more strength and conditioning stuff. So I think they're going to be a lot more healthy, a lot more stronger. So just give them one more year. I think this unit is going to be really good this upcoming season. And uh, I think Sean Payne's going to get the most out of this crew. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. And I was thinking about the other day, like this wide receiver room, I feel like it fits so perfectly together with all the like each and every single receiver has their own kind of skill set and what they bring to the table. You talk about Jerry Judy, one of the, you know, easily top five route runner in the league, the set, you know, separation and man coverage. No other receiver does it better. You can look statistically um, shows exactly that. Uh, Cortland Sutton, in my opinion, still a really good, you know, contested catch receiver can go up and get it for you. Um, but also he's an underrated uh underrated separator in like the middle of the field i see that a lot especially those slants uh, you know crossers across the field in the you know intermediate uh receiving game he's just good at creating separation even though he doesn't have the best route running ability he's still like good you know running those routes over the middle of the field so i think that's something you see a lot champagne's offense actually you saw a lot with drew Brees targeting the middle of the field that was something that you saw a lot in, in new orleans and that's exactly what Cortland sutton does a lot for the broncos so i think that's something he could bring to the table and I don't think they want to let that value go and then Tim Patrick just like Cortland Sutton in my opinion even better in terms of going up and get the ball he's really really good at that some of the best in the league um so obviously he's one of those guys that has not gotten any uh, buzz or rumors at all this offseason and deservingly so I mean none of these guys deserve that but Tim Patrick coming off that torn ACL no one's uh no one's really going to want to trade for that and the Broncos obviously are going to give him away because they know the season he's about to have um you know all around just Tim Patrick as well he's very reliable everything you throw his way is catching um so i think that's something he no other receiver on this team brings uh like he does um just an all-around uh reliable asset for russell wilson um and then you look towards the back half of the roster i think you, you can definitely make a, a argument for kj hamler with the injury uh history but no one i don't really think he has any value at all to be honest with you like especially with a torn pick i don't think any team's even giving giving up a seventh i mean no disrespect to him but that's yeah. just kind of with the, the fans i think we can uh, just trade away KJ Hamler for the beginning of the season. He's going to have to have a really, really good uh, camp and a very healthy camp as well. Um, and so with the torn pack, we don't even know what his, his timetable looks like exactly. So that's kind of where I'm looking at the wide receiver room. Um, I want to, I like you, I'm right there with you. I just want to see all these guys finally just uh, kind of like a last dance thing. Just give it all what you got this year with finally a proven play caller, someone that we know is going to get the best, like you mentioned, out of his wide receiver room. So I, I'm really excited to see what he can do with those guys, especially KJ Hamler, if he could stay healthy, getting him out in open space, see what he can do down the field. You never know. Maybe he can, uh, you know, boost his uh, trade value or become something for the Broncos uh, going forward. Um, it, it does look very unlikely, though, that he, uh, you know, won't be resigned, um, you know, this upcoming year. Um, so, yeah, with the wide receiver room, that's kind of where we stand as of now. Um, so I want to go over uh, the draft class one more time. Um, overall, first, uh, what, what's your, kind of your uh, your grade uh, for this draft class? I gave it a B plus on my article for Predominantly Orange. Um, what, what what are you kind of standing with, uh, you know, days after the draft, you know, kind of letting it sit back in your mind? So, yeah, I, th I have it at a B plus as well. I mean, I'm not like Sports Illustrated who gave it a D. I mean, you know, that's it's crazy. Of, I mean, I don't know what was happening over there, but I, I give it a B plus. I think looking at the value that we got, especially with like Skinner and like the late rounds and with our center, I mean, I just I, I just think there's too much talent and value to give it anything lower than a C, even with the five picks that we had. Um, I mean, even getting the tight end back in the in the trade, I think we have to you know account for that as well as a as a draft. Um, but yeah, I give it a B plus. I think it was really good. I think it exceeded my expectations more uh, than anything. 
Yeah, and I saw some people uh, this morning, like CBS Sports, I believe, gave us a sixth-best draft uh, in the entire NFL. So that's really cool to see, considering we only had five picks. I mean, if you could pull that off, credit to George Payne, Shaw Payne, Darren Muji, the entire Broncos uh, front office and scouting department for pulling that off with only five picks. So they just came away, like we mentioned in our last episode, the value the, the, the value that they came away with is unbelievable. Um, so, I mean, they didn't necessarily chase any positions, uh, you know, addressing those, um, but they came with a lot of value and also kind of addressing some pos- positional needs as well. So I definitely have to give them a, a B plus for sure. Um, so what are your kind of expectations for each of these draft picks? Um, starting with uh, Marvin Mims Jr., what do you expect him to do, uh, you know, year one? I know I was watching NFL Network yesterday and uh, James Palmer is talking about how they ex- they're really expecting Marvin Mims to have a big impact on special teams this uh, this upcoming season his, for his rookie year, kind of being that uh, starting punt returner week one is the expectation. What do you expect for Marvin Mims Jr. in total uh, this year, whether it's a stat line or what, what are you expecting him to contribute to Denver's receiving room? So adding to that, I think he's immediately going to affect the special teams. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be our apartment returner day one. Uh, and we may, may even see him kick return. I wouldn't mind that as well. Just have him as the return specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the offensive side, I think he's going to have a uh, more of that KJ Hamler role when he was healthy, but I think he's going to be more explosive. And I think he's going to get more targets. Um, so kind of like how Brandon Cooks was with the uh, with Sean Payton in New Orleans. Maybe a little bit lesser role since, you know, we're going to have, you know, Judy, TP, and uh, Sutton all out on the field. But uh, I can see him having like a, like a, like a really, really good rookie year. Um, mm-hmm. But I think most of his production and where we're going to love him the most is in the punt return. Because, I mean, our special teams the last few years have, have has been struggling. And uh, I think we're going to notice a, a big difference. And the main reason is going to be because of him. Yeah, so we already kind of touched on this quite a bit, but what do you think about everybody saying that this wide receiver room is so crowded to the point that they might just have to trade one of those guys? Um, And I see some people saying that Marvin Mims Jr., they expect him to be like wide receiver three by the end of the season, getting some good uh, attention from Russell Wilson, which is very possible considering the talent that he is and the fact that he's always stayed healthy at uh, at Oklahoma. What what do you think about how this wide receiver room unfolds? Who do you think is going to be like kind of like the top three dogs uh, for Sean Payne or Sean Payne and Russell Wilson in the receiving game. Well, I think as of right now, you would have to go with, you know, the three guys that has been here. I think Judy Sutton and TP have to be the guys. Yeah. I mean, there is a real possibility that Marvin Mims does creep up to that three spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it, we all have to see how TP is after his injury. I mean, he is coming back from you know, a really devastating injury. Um, and we got to see if court and, and Judy can stay healthy, which I think they are, but you know, you Things happen, you know, freak yeah. injuries have happened to them. Um, it's an, it's unfortunate. It's not like they're trying to get injured. I mean, some people on Twitter think they're trying to get injured, but <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, freak, freak accidents happen. So I, I don't think any of the receiver guys should be traded. I think we should keep this core. And even if trading one of them was an option, I think we would want all of them to be productive. It That just saves us one less thing we have to do in the offseason. Exactly. Deadline. That's one less problem to get out of our hands. So stay with this core. I think Marvin Mims is going to be a contributor. Um, I wouldn't necessarily – he's not going to have that typical wide, wide receiver four uh, type of role because he's going to be more in and out. I think yeah. he's going to get more production than your typical, you know, 
wide receiver four. I just think he 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 brings so much more to the wide receiver room that a lot of people don't. So. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, and I, I've I've been saying it. Everybody's talking about how the wide receiver room is too crowded, and that that's a, a issue essentially. But I feel like that's a good problem to have. I mean, you talk about not having to focus on a a problem on your roster when we already have cons- uh, depth concerns elsewhere. I mean, I, I love the the wide receiver room that they've they shaped, and just like you mentioned, you know, Naka would one of those receivers could get injured. We've seen it every single year for like the last four years. One of our main wide receivers gets injured. It's just really unfortunate, and that's just that's just how the game goes and hopefully with Bo Lowry the additions of them and then Dan uh, Dalrymple hopefully the whole strength and conditioning staff it can have a, a big uh, improvement I don't know if that happens right away it seems kind of unrealistic but just the whole nutrition and everything um, you, you, you'll you see improvements but I don't know uh, right away it, if it'll just have an impact where overnight all the Broncos you know team is just all healthy um, yeah. hopefully we're, we're obviously hoping for that but you never know you never you can't predict these things so um i think you know just like you said if one of these wide receivers goes down then you guys won't be saying oh trade Cortland son or trade this guy like you guys are going to be like oh why do we trade this receiver if we if this uh if kj hamler just got hurt or um you know Cortland son got hurt or whoever it is like i think you should keep this 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 wide receiver room together i think our draft capital really is not that bad next year we have a first we have two thirds so it it, it it really is not that bad i don't think we need to add even more draft capital and i'm sure george Payne will figure out a way to to do exactly that so um that that's kind of where i'm standing uh with that right there with you um so marvin mims jr i i, I would have to agree i'm seeing kind of like a big rookie year from him personally i think he gets around like 600 yards year one um even even though I know Jerry Judy a few years ago in his rookie season, I believe he got uh, 700 over 700 yards in year one. I could be wrong there. I think maybe it was 800. Um, so that was a big year one for him. But as the 15th overall pick, that's kind of um, your minimal expectations. Um, so going off uh, Mims Jr. Uh, next, the Broncos pick Drew Sanders. Uh, with their 67th overall pick, which was scheduled to be their first pick in the draft, um, you know, uh, before training up for Mims Jr. What is your expectations for him? Because I know a lot of people are saying that he could be that kind of guy in the Micah Parsons role potentially for the Broncos. Uh, you had Sean Payton saying in his press conference that he's going to be an inside linebacker for the team, uh, but that doesn't mean that they can sign him in and out of the edge uh, spot. What, what do you see for him? And do you think it could, uh, you know, potentially uh, be a mistake that they kind of bounce him back? you know, back and forth between uh, inside and the, uh, and the edge in just his first season in the NFL? I think it's going to be a lot similar to what we saw with Baron Browning uh, yeah. at, at first when he was like an inside linebacker at first and then we moved him to edge. It's going to be a little bit like that, but in terms of he's going to be all, all over the field. I think we're going to have him at edge at times, and then he's going to be our inside linebacker, and then he's going to move around a lot. He, he's too, you know, he's too athletic to not just be at one position. You know, that linebacker crew, all, all of them bring a different element. Singleton, Jewel, and and uh, Sanders bring a whole different game to them, which is great because our linebackers need that. Um, so, yeah, I kind of see him playing everywhere on the field. I don't know about you, but I, I think the more and more I, like, I, I learn about him and I see what he brings to the table, I think he's going to be really good for us. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And I just there's that that part of me that just really wants to see what he can do on the edge because I talked all this, you know, all before, uh, you know, the pre-draft that I feel like we needed to add a, one more edge rusher to the room, I felt like personally. And I'm just really, really uh, intrigued to see what he can bring because you talk about what the season he had last year. 
um, you know, had 103 tackles playing in the inside, but also had nine and a half sacks on the edge, um, you know, and not that many games. So, uh, and, you know, not on a great Arkansas uh, defense. So um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, that's, that's just something that's kind of sitting in my mind. I want to see him get some work on the, on the edge and see what he can provide. Cause just like we were mentioning with the injuries in the wide receiver, we really don't know how uh, Randy Gregory is going to pan out there. So um, that's something I'm kind of looking forward to uh, next uh, staying on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Broncos selected Riley Moss out of Iowa. Um, lots of people uh, got, you know, got a lot of uh, NFL fans talking about him. Uh, what, what do you think about Riley Moss and what he's going to contribute year one? Um, I know Sarah Benger, we mentioned that he could uh, potentially play, Play at nickel corner for the Broncos. Uh, K1 Williams had his, has had his fair share of injury uh, concerns. So, what do you think he could uh, bring year one to the Broncos secondary? I think year one he's going to be great for us. Um, he's he's such a super long corner, and I think that's going to be play that's going to play such a big part in our defense. He's going to learn a lot from a uh, PS2, which is going to be great. Uh, I did write about him uh, earlier in the off season uh, how we should draft him, and I, I actually did say in the article that. Uh, he may start alongside Pat one day across the field. So I think that would be the ideal fit. Um, and man, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. He's super athletic. And again, I, I just love me personally long corners because they can they can fit in zone. And if they get beat on man, they can recover and use that length. So yeah, him and Sertan are going to be very fun to watch year one together. Yeah, I mean, look at you. You you possibly called that from months, months away that they, they might be the starters for this uh, team on the secondary. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Just the athletic ability, the speed. You mentioned the length, but he has speed as well. That's like the, the exciting thing about him. Like if he does get beaten, man, he has a speed and not only speed, but the length to, you know, bat uh, bat balls away anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I don't I don't care what the color of his skin is. I don't care if he's purple, green. He's going to he's going to be a baller for the secondary. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, for Riley Moss. Um, next, we have JL Skinner bringing that dog mentality to the Broncos secondary as well. Um, a lot of a lot of fans are calling this their favorite pick of the draft. Um, what are you thinking for uh, JL Skinner? And uh, we talked, uh, you know, a bit uh, to an extent about Cream uh, uh, Jackson. Um, I'm I'm still kind of a little annoyed. Uh, I was talking to the chat about how the, we, there still hasn't been a decision about Cream Jackson. Like uh, that's yeah. kind of the one thing that's sitting on my mind before we go into OTAs and minicamp. Like I want to know where he goes. Um, but what are you thinking about JL Skinner? And do you think this is kind of impacting, uh, what, what, you know, a potential return for Kareem Jackson? I think it's for sure impacting uh, Kareem and him coming back. I just think Skinner brings what Kareem b- brings, but he's just younger. He's younger. He's faster. He's I don't want to say tougher because Kareem Jackson is, is tough. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he he brings that youth in the secondary that we need. And I think alongside Justin Simmons, again, like the same thing with Riley Moss, the way he's going to learn from PS2, he's going to learn from Justin Simmons. I mean, I think the sky's the limit with Skinner. I mean, he's going to, I think he's going to fill up the stat sheet year one. You're going to see a lot of forced fumbles. I think you may, you may see even a couple of interceptions here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, he can play on special teams too. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes an impact on special teams alongside Marvin Mims. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. He's just gonna bring that you know hard hitting mentality. And me personally, we talked about it in our last episode. I'm I'm ready to move on from Cream Jackson. Just like you said, let the let the young uh, dogs play. So I'm yeah. I'm really excited to see what uh, Skinner can bring to the table. And uh, I was just on uh, the 5280 podcast a few days ago, and uh, I I was basically just saying I feel like if any player in this draft class is gonna contribute day one, I feel like it's JL Skinner. Just with the um Cream Jackson, I feel I really do feel like he's gonna be gone. So with the the addition of JL Skinner, um, you, you don't know what's going to happen there with Kareem, uh, with Caden Stearns. I do expect him to be like, a t- you know, this might be a stretch, but I feel like he'll be a top five safety alongside with Justin Simmons. So um, JL Skinner in that Kareem Jackson role, you know, behind him, him and PJ Locke, I'm, I have high expectations for them for sure. And I just don't feel like there's any point bringing Kareem Jackson back at this point. Um, he's, he's 35. He just turned 35 years old. You're drafting these players for a reason. PJ Locke is ready to have a, have a really good year. We had him on the show and he was talking a lot about how he's watching lots of tape over, uh, you know, just takeaways and turnovers in the secondary. And that got me really excited. Like I'm just ready, ready to see players making turnovers in the secondary. And you mentioned uh, you, you expect, jail skinner have a few uh forced fumbles and even interceptions in just year one as a sixth round pick so that's getting me pumped up and there's just no point uh in bringing cream jackson at this point uh but you know it, it will be a little bit of a you know emotional um you know thing for broncos country he's been one of those uh guys very close to um Justin Simmons, and if any player on this team has been more interactive with uh, the Broncos, it's definitely been Kareem Jackson, uh, you know, with the Broncos fan base. So um, that'll definitely be a little bit of a loss in that sense. Um, and with the last pick in the Broncos draft, they select Alex Forsythe, the center out of Oregon. What are your expectations for him? I know I know a lot of people are saying that he could potentially be the, the week one starter for Denver, which is crazy. He was almost Mr. Irrelevant in this draft. Uh, what, what do you see for Alex Forsythe in year one? Well, to add on to that, I think he is our week one starter. I think I wow. think he is I think he's too too talented, and I think people are gonna overlook that because he was just a seventh round pick. But I mean I th- he's going to show our fans and the people around the league why he's going to be our week one starter during training camp. And, man, I, I think this is going to be the pick that really won us the-, the draft because if he really produces week one as our starting center, I mean, that would, I mean, center was our one of our biggest holes on, on the team and with- for a seventh-round pick. And I don't think he's really our- the-, the typical seventh-round pick because he is really, really good. I mean, him fitting that spot is going to be huge for us and it's going to be huge for us, not for now, but also in the future as well. So I think this was probably our best value pick besides Skinner. And I think he becomes the week one starter. Wow. Uh, How high would you have taken him in the draft considering uh, how high you are on him in the first place? Like it's sixth, fifth. Yeah. So uh, eventually or prior to the draft, I had – I had done a couple mock drafts and I actually had selected him in one of them. I, I actually saw, I picked him in the fifth round. He was like one of my first wow. picks in the fifth round too. So I was kind of surprised that he dropped that much. And I think we talked about it before. CBS had him ranked as like the number one center or, or top three center or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was pretty, pretty big that we got him in the seventh round. Yeah, huge addition. Like you mentioned, great value pick for the Broncos there with uh, JL Skinner. And that's, it's just mind blowing to me that we might might have addressed our biggest need on the team in the seventh round with one of the last picks. And he might end up beating out Lloyd Cushion Perry for the starting job. Uh, 
kudos uh, kudos to George Payne. I don't want to jump the gun, but that is certainly a possibility uh, storyline that could shape out uh, throughout the rest of the season and camp or offseason in camp. Um, so moving ahead from uh, the Broncos draftees, uh, they move on to their undrafted class right away as after uh, the you know Mr. Irrelevant pick is announced. Uh, mayhem basically uh, began, and a bunch of teams started uh, cashing out. Um, their salary for uh, undrafted free agents. And me and you were talking before the show. Um, you saw a lot of players with over 150000 guaranteed. And just for the fans out there, that is not usual. We've not seen much of that in past uh, in past years. And the Broncos, uh, Greg Penner, they they have the money. We know that for sure. It's that Walmart money coming into play. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about this undrafted free agent class? Were you surprised to see some of these uh, undrafted free agents getting that much guaranteed money? I mean – if I was a seventh round pick, I'd be pretty upset because it looks like you're going to make more money as a <laughs> draft player. I mean, I saw Pat McAfee uh, on the Pat McAfee show uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days before. Um, he was, you know, mentioning and talking about this. And I mean, these guys are making like 200000 250 guaranteed, which I mean, I, I love. I mean, I, I'm always for, you know, players getting the most. But in terms of the, the players that we signed, I think one of the underrated guys that we signed was a, a corner from Houston art green. Yeah. I think, I think he can make a, an impact. I think he had a good RAS score um, as well. So I think he could be one of those guys that can, that can be like an undrafted player that makes the team. Yeah, for sure. I like Art Green a lot. Um, I was actually talking to him yesterday. Um, may or may not be having him on the show. Uh, be be tuned for that, guys. Um, but Art Green, 6'2", over like 200 pounds. He's very lengthy. Um, like we were mentioning early on, what we like in Riley Moss, you're going to see that in Art Green. He can play very fast, but he's also very lengthy. Plays with that uh, lengthy um, you know, play style as well. So someone uh, potentially can be in like that last or second to last spot on the Broncos depth chart uh, come week one for the corner room. Um, really excited to see what we get there because uh, the Broncos had a lot of pre-draft interest. They even uh, flew them in for uh, you know a pre-draft visit. So they clearly had the interest there, and uh, right away they get him. Uh, apparently, I, I believe I don't know what uh, which source. Uh, I believe is Mike Kliss. Uh, the the Broncos uh, had a lot of competition for R Green, so they essentially yeah. got a steal there and a potential uh, someone that I believe was getting seventh round. Uh, projections as well so the broncos uh, potentially get a huge steal there in art green um i fully expect him out of any player in this uh i believe he got over two hundred thousand guaranteed so that that's just crazy i mean uh, we talking about these players getting over 150 200 guaranteed when you're not even guaranteed to make the day one roster it's, it's kind of yeah. mind baffling to me uh you're that you're making a, a bank for sure uh, but out of all these undrafted free agents i think you guys should definitely circle art green i am it would honestly be a disappointment in my opinion if he didn't make the week one roster um you know granted he does have to have a good camp and everything but i i do see him as a as a high value uh undrafted um signing um aside from those uh who are who are some of the undrafted free agents that stood out to you and uh among the 16 that we signed so i i did see that uh we signed a a wide receiver out of uh, incarnate word uh taylor grimes i think Mm -hmm. that that's an interesting one uh i know we did talk about how you know kj hammett needs to have a good camp in order to even, I think, make the roster. Yeah. And this is not his fault that he's getting all these injuries and stuff and he can't stay healthy. Sometimes these, th- these things just happen. But I think if one of these undrafted free agents, uh, wide receivers, if they have a good camp, I think they can take over KJ's spot in the roster, which might be an unpopular opinion to some of the people in Broncos country. But I th- it's just the truth. I think yeah. if one of these undrafted guys, you know, they have a good camp and Sean Payne likes them, they're going to be on the team. 
Yeah, and availability is better than you know what KJ Hamler is bringing to the table when he's going to be questionable every other week, and that's just see it. That's just the truth there. Um, KJ Hamler, great ability downfield. Uh, we saw it, uh, you know, some flashes with Russell Wilson last year, which is really exciting to see for Broncos fans who haven't seen that since Peyton Manning. Kind of one of those downfield deep threats where you're seeing 40, 50 yard bombs, but he just can't stay healthy, and that's the really unfortunate thing. And uh, the Broncos obviously uh, is at the wide receiver position also signed Dallas Daniels out of Jackson state. Um, you know, former, uh, player for coach prime, who's now the head coach at university of uh, Colorado Boulder. Um, in 2022, he had 657 receiving yards on 61 receptions, uh, 10.8 yards per catch on average. He also had six touchdowns. Um, Definitely a productive receiver for uh, Jackson State. Um, he had 524 yards in 2021 as well. Um, so some, something uh, to keep an eye on there. If he has a really good camp in preseason, he definitely could make a case here. And I was on, uh, like I mentioned, on the 5280 podcast. Don't sleep on a day on Virgil, man. He's ready to. He's yeah. ready to prove himself uh, for a, another consecutive year. Yeah, he, he was our easily our best wide receiver in the preseason uh, last year, right there with Brandon Johnson. They were kind of competing uh, for that last spot. So. He's ready to prove himself another year, and he has experience, uh, you know, one year of experience uh, over these undrafted free agents. So don't be surprised if uh, that kind of rides over and gets him this uh, last spot on the roster. Um, who, who knows? And he, uh, he, his first receiving, his, his first reception in the NFL was a 67-yard touchdown. Um, so you don't you don't see that very often in the NFL, especially as an undrafted free agent. So something to keep an eye on there as well. Um, in terms of my favorite signings, uh, Henry Bird out of Princeton. Um, the Broncos get uh, one of their only uh, Ivy League, um, you know, players uh, on their team. Essentially, you don't uh, typically see that much in the NFL as well. Um, Henry Bird out of Princeton, the offensive tackle, uh, definitely could, um, you know, pr- provide some depth, uh, much needed depth for the Broncos as well. Um, Alex Pelcheski out of Illinois. I'm seeing a lot of people actually saying this is one of our more underrated uh, undrafted free agent signings. He's someone to watch out. Um, at the offensive tackle position because the Broncos don't really really have uh, much depth um, besides Isaiah Prince, who is a reserve, uh, you know, signing. Um, So someone that's not even guaranteed to make the team. Um, So the Broncos uh, behind uh, Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey, they don't have much depth there. So I I would be uh, betting on one of these guys to make the 53-man roster and potentially signing a vet as well. Um, Who are some other uh, players who you have your eye on there uh, for undrafted free agents? Well, and to add on to that, I think these tackles that you just mentioned, they have a big, big opportunity to make the, the team. Exactly. Like, you need one of those swing tackles for depth, and I think if they have a really good camp, they can make a big impact, especially if one of those tackles go down. Um, so besides that, I mean, one of the other uh, guys that kind of caught my eye was a defensive lineman uh, from Penn State. Uh, yeah. I think he can – Eventually, if he has a good camp and has a good showing in the preseason, I think he can take over that Mike Purcell role if anything happens. Um, so I'm looking for a you know a big camp out of him, uh, PJ Mustafer, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think he's gonna have a great camp. And uh, I'm just saying, if he has a great pe- preseason, we gotta we gotta look out for him. Exactly. That was one of my favorites as well. Um, someone who was a big leader at, at Penn State and a very uh, key contributor for that defensive line. Um, we don't really see uh, too many um, defensive linemen out of Penn State this uh, past year coming to the draft. And he's one of those guys that Broncos essentially got a steal there. Um, he also, I, I'm pretty sure, got some good guaranteed money. 
um, as well. Uh, Edge Thomas Incum out of Central Michigan. I saw CBS Sports say this was like the ninth best signing um, out of all NFL undrafted free agents. So um, he's someone that appears to be an early favorite among uh, among to the media. Um, Seth Benson, you want to talk about uh, Seth Benson? I know uh, Sayers talked uh, quite a bit about him. I believe um, the Broncos, uh, who was it? Um, I believe was it a uh, Josie Jewell or someone uh, someone in that linebacker room? Or I know it was Jack Campbell. Uh, Jack Campbell called him the best teammate he uh, hit, or I think it was the best teammate or the best linebacker that has played at Iowa, something like that. That's very interesting as well. I mean, if if we got another you know Iowa guy as a linebacker, I mean, I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, imagine him, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, and Drew Sanders on, as our linebacker crew. I wouldn't mind that at all. But uh, I think we should also keep an eye on him. Um, you know, these Iowa guys, they're a bunch of dogs, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to finish off the list, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin out of Young- Youngstown State, he seems to be one of those favorites to take the the last uh, running back spot on, you know, the active roster potentially. Um, he had some crazy stats. In 2021, he had 175 carries for 1,139 yards. That is 6.5 yards per carry and 12 touchdowns. Um, he also in 2022 uh, had 227 carries, more of a, ber- uh, a workload there um, on a 1,588 yards on seven yards of carry and 13 touchdowns. Uh, unbelievable. Also had 19 receptions for 300 yards and two touchdowns. So out of all of our undrafted free agents, this is the most productive of them all. He's only 5'9 uh, and 195 pounds. So uh, we were talking about in one of our last episodes, the Broncos need more speed at the running back position and and Jaleel McLaughlin can uh, potentially bring that ju- uh, bring just that for you. Yeah, especially that we, we're lacking speed in that position group. I mean, I, if he can, you know, produce day one, I mean, I think he would have a spot on this roster. At first, I was kind of upset that we didn't uh, get undrafted a uh, running back Sean Tucker out of yeah. uh, Syracuse. Mm-hmm. But hearing the stats from him and what he did at Youngstown State, he might be a, a better option, especially under Sean Payton. You know how Sean Payton loves those running backs. Exactly. Um, so yeah, to finish off the list, uh, they signed tight end Chris Leach out of uh Je- or out of Kent State, excuse me. Um, also at the tight end position, Nate Adkins out of South Carolina. Um, they also signed one of their last uh signings was uh defensive lineman uh Sion Asi out of Oklahoma State. Um, one of those I would definitely keep an eye on as well, along there with PJ Mustafer. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, Edge Marcus Haynes out of Old Dominion. Um, corner uh, cornerback Darius Gaines out of Western Colorado. Uh, potential Colorado native there. Uh, defensive back uh, Devin Matthews out of Indiana. Someone I see some Broncos fans uh, like uh, like this signing as well. Uh, they call him the monster, so you got to like that uh, for the Broncos in the cornerback room uh, in that uh, positional. Uh, you know, matchup and competition there uh, in the preseason as well. So, yeah, that wraps up our uh, 16 undrafted free agents the Broncos have signed, and that wraps up today's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, sticking here with us. Um, you know, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe if you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys hit the five-star uh, rating and turn on notifications as well as hitting the follow button. All that helps us out uh, greatly, and that is greatly appreciated as well. All the support. I uh, really do appreciate you guys. Uh, we're coming up on our 100th 
100th episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Can't believe we're uh, already almost there. Um, everybody that's stuck here, you know, whether you uh, started listening from the very first episode um, last year, we started uh, during free agency, or if you, uh, you know, started midway through the season, or, you know, you just maybe that's this is your first episode as well. Um, all you guys are greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you for sticking here with us. If you listen to the very end of the episode, uh, make sure you guys leave a comment uh, down below if you're listening on YouTube. Let us know any of your feedback. If you agree with anything, if you disagree with anything, let us know what you guys uh, think. All that uh, feedback. I, I always read all those comments and all that is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with uh, today's guest, Jordan Lopez. Thanks for being on the show, man. Um, until the next one, peace.